the ratings of this game is going to be when it comes out next year. That's not right. Opining, which is all just a feedback loop back into the systems that the publishers and the manufacturers and the game producers kind of want us to talk about anyway. Yeah. They want us to say God of War Ragnarok is going to be a 10 from now until it launches so that we can be produce the hype cycle for them. And then everyone else will, who are listening to this will be like, well, I expect it to be a 10. So when Kratos cuts the dragon's head off, that's when I want it. And when it happens, this game's a 10. Yeah. We're not looking any farther into that. No, I mean, that's just, that's what this industry is, right? It is like, I think I was also thinking about it because, like, I saw the new Marvel joint, and it was fine. But I was also like, it's, it's okay if this is just fine. And, like, I've been yes. watching a lot of, like, really old, shitty movies. Like, <laughs> they're, like, they're like technically bad, but they're just rad. And I was like, we don't have a lot of this, but that's because every every aggregate for everything now has to be such a, uh, like, is it great? Then it's not worth it. And it's like, right. sometimes it has five stars or nothing. Right, it's like sometimes like having something that's like janky and like just out there is okay, and it's okay to like something that's flawed. I think like like something that's flawed doesn't make you a flawed person. And I, I I I think that's kind of the thing, like the space that we are kind of in as it's like with how we consume all media, like even bringing back to sports, like the fact like what they're doing with college football now, like they're basically making like three different leagues because like. It's all about national championships. Like it used to just be like, I want to go have fun. I want to kick it, and it's like, <laughs> and and they and they use the you should be doing this to have fun as the reason they don't pay them for any of this, right? <laughs> but then they game they change the system so that they can be like nine million national championships because national championships means more ad money for the that you're never going to play play for payers for, which is just yeah. a hilarious feedback loop. I can't hear you, Emmett. No, I can't hear you, Emmett. Is your now, mic- is yes, your microphone on? Now. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, Jesus. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, we finally got it on. We did it. Yeah. Hopefully, everything's good. You can hear me. I don't see wavelengths popping up at the um, bottom, so I'm slightly I, concerned. I do see, I see you. I see it on my end, so we're good. Right. In that case, you're good then. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're, just talk- right. we're just talking about. The fact that everything needs to be perfect or, or not, like, uh, it's... Welcome to the thing right. where we yeah. all agree that shit needs to be worse, actually. Or we like, actually... I mean, I am literally a proponent of that. Or we just need like to agree brand. that shit is worse, actually. Like, shit yeah. is actually not always yeah. great, and maybe we should just say that so it's fine. Yeah, it's just, like I said, like, what, it's, I, I just, every time a Marvel movie comes out, I'm like, I hate this discourse because it's every film, tw- film Twitter, oh, this is just another travesty ruining all films, and it's like, okay. <laughs> or then, then there's Stan the, Twitter that's like, right. this is my new favorite movie. This is the greatest movie. It's like, okay. <laughs> there's like a, there's a happy medium of being like, yo, this is what it, like, I just watched uh, the Scanners, it's like a 1984 movie. And that shit's like not that. great, but not scanners. Uh, it's like it's like I think it's called scanners or something like that. It's not scanners. Scanners, scanners is the one where the head scanners. explodes in like yeah. slow mo. No, this one is guys like my head wants to say video drone, but I'm not sure. I mean, video drone. That's like, like kind of a scanners. Yeah, movie, that's yeah. like the kind of thing. Okay. No, this guy, yeah. the main character, in this is named Jack Death. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is. Uh, Come on, like Wikipedia, just give it to me. Like, uh, transfers is what I saw. Oh, transfers. Okay. Transfers. Okay. Uh, transfers. Really, not like 
it's not like technically good, but it is really good. Problems with that movie. One, the main chick who's played by Helen Hunt uh, is just like the size she's going to walk around with the Jean Rebel flag jacket. And I was like, cool. I don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> it was, was, was like, shit hit different in 84, I think. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so like they're at this biker bar and just watching it with some friends. I was like, oh, this is like the probably most racist bar. There's like four or five black people. I'm like, okay, I have no idea. What <laughs> I have no idea what's going on here. But like that movie's not technically great, but it was fucking rad. And like, I really like Shanxi. And yeah, I could find flaws in Shanxi, but it was a fucking mm. rad kung fu movie. Like, I don't I'm know. right there. We should appreciate mediocrity more. It's actually, it's not even that because I feel like a lot of entertainment in general are trying to chase the same emotions, same feelings, same things in general and it's less about trying to hit those predictable points as best as possible it's more about just having something interesting i'd rather have something that's like a fairly mediocre thing but if there's like one or two things that i really remember that are like really gonna make it stick out then yeah that's gonna be that's gonna stick in my mind way longer than anything else i think that's the most important thing it's like this idea that we gotta that there's a rubric that we gotta like hit a certain part a point in before this we can use this piece of art as a valuable or not Right. has been like a silly thing that's kind of fucked a lot of things up for a while. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of times we don't give enough appreciation to the fact that like small, like very, like 10 minutes of a bad movie can make that movie worth seeing again. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. or yep. just like the little shit that happens for a couple seconds in between what is like a long mediocre piece can be valuable in and of itself or that I, like my experience with the the doctor strange movie isn't that the doctor strange movie itself is like great necessarily but for a person who's been watching sam raimi movies for 30 years it's interesting to, to it's almost like a fun game to see the way sam raimi's convinced people to let him do sam raimi shit in this movie right and in, in, in a genre and a franchise under a under an umbrella full of movies that's that almost struggle and and are so oppressively um cut from the same cloth yeah they're all like heterogeneous Mm -hmm. genius in a way that's kind of like oppressive at this point it's funny to watch that you if you didn't know what this was you can almost definitely be able to tell if it's a sam ray movie based on particular choices he's made and that is interesting to me well i remember that movie way longer than i remember jokes from uh love and thunder which yeah. I also thought was fine. Yeah. I I would say, I feel like that's just a, a lot of what the MCU is doing right now. Because A, a lot of these MCU things kind of got filmed concurrently. Yes. So they're not tying into each other because it's like, oh, they were all made at the same time. So we can't learn anything from the other movies. Um, but also, I think a lot of these recent Marvel movies after uh, Endgame have just been, hey, cool director that has a very particular to- particular style. Let's get you on one of these franchises and let's let you do what you do. And so all these movies that are coming out, like even with Eternals, I didn't love Eternals, but like that was oh God, I forget her name of the director. She did uh, uh she did the other movie that was nominated for all the Oscars that same year. Um, <laughs> I'm forgetting her name. Uh this is twenty twenty one, right? She yeah, made, yeah, twenty twenty one, yeah. Um uh, Chloe something. Zhao. Uh, Chloe Zhao, yeah. Chloe Zhao, yes. Um, that movie was totally like had her style on it and everything, but because it had her style on it, it was not hitting a lot of the MCU, uh, 
you know, template stuff that you would expect. Uh, and for a lot of people, they didn't like it. They felt like it was a little bit too one note, too monotone. Um, and then Taika Waititi as well. Uh, sure, a lot of people liked Ragnarok. I really like Ragnarok a lot too. But then I just saw Love and Thunder. And for as much as I don't love that movie, it is a it's a Taika Waititi ass movie. Like I can't get over the fact that like like he likes to work with a lot of kids in his movies, and there's a lot of kid actors in this film doing some cool stuff. Uh, he likes to do a lot of cool stuff with the camera sometimes. A lot of humor, of course. Uh, this isn't. I'm going to say this considering that it's not as big of a part of the movie that people were anticipating, but there is like a surprising amount of like queer stuff in this movie for a Disney film yeah. for like a mainstream MCU for thing. Any MCU and that's to say, film, honestly, yeah. exactly. For exactly. More for minutes of gay people in this movie than in that's any what I'm other saying. MCU. For it movie, might not even be three minutes. <laughs> it might be 90 seconds. Like being used to market and sell to China where they got to, take all that shit out like yeah like it's mm-hmm. i i don't but i also think like and i think not to help over your point but i also think yeah, like what's with me with that movie i think the movie is a lot funnier than thor ragnarok but it's also not like thor ragnarok you had this drop set of like hey the the thanos thing is coming we have to build towards that we have to build towards that and like in this movie it just got to let people be people and it also is like weirdly dark it's like hey here's this cancer yeah. subplot it was Ragnarok, <laughs> right like, yeah. yeah it was like sneaky dark it, it it gave thor lots of consequence in his life that he didn't have really in the first movie and really didn't i mean didn't really have in the second movie either even though dark world's about like the fate of like a dark universe like that felt like a movie that was the dark universe done- got canceled yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that felt like a movie that was a done deal by the end by the middle of that movie but the, yeah both Ragnarok and love and thunder involved like real lasting consequences and and investigating thor's sort of reaction and experience in them which right. is nothing any of these other movies did really yeah um and it even though it's it kind of painted, for you. painted thor as like a himbo it also painted thor as like someone who actually has a character is not, not taking this well actually <laughs> yeah and, he has an inner life yeah and like they also retconned his relationship with jane like they actually had one. It wasn't for yeah. for like six years or like, yeah, me and Jane broke up and then never talked about it actually. Right. And here you actually find out that they actually did. Yes, that's true. They really, it wasn't just like they turned around and just stopped talking to her. They like actively broke up and like, hmm. this is how, and neither one of them are okay. And that, I think that one is, less so that is valuable. <laughs> uh, but it also, this is a movie that told that had maybe, I felt like, 120 minutes worth of script and like 90% of it is jokes. Yeah. Which is like, yeah. it was like, a, it has to be like a record for jokes per minute. And I'm like, I don't even, I don't know if this is funny because I haven't, I can't remember the last one. I'm still working on the last joke you told me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did. I did. I mean, I'm glad they said it was Heimdall's son. I just was like, I remember going to the theater. It's like, there's been a lot of time with this black kid. I What's going on? Yeah, what's going on here? Who are you? And I, I did, like, and then we're like, I'm Hyde. It's like, oh, mm. yeah, that felt. That's one thing I had a slight problem with it because even if, um, even though it's very much so his movie, I feel like a lot of this movie is just like retconning stuff and saying like, oh, this thing that we're gonna introduce right now, this was a thing all those years later, also. So like, yeah. you know, keep that concurrent. And sometimes they get away with it because it adds 
it adds to the emotionality of the current actions happening in that movie. Mm. And other times it feels like just a cheap plot device just to make things happen. And I'm like, eh, don't really love that. Plus where they leave it off, I'm like, God, is every modern thing with like Norse characters just going to be God of War? Because yeah, really. <laughs> where that movie ends <laughs> off, it's like, okay, everybody's going to be doing this type of dynamic. And I don't know if I am excited about that dynamic, but I don't know, man. I, yeah. I watch a lot of MCU stuff. I haven't watched any of the shows since like Loki, but I, oh, I mean, keep up missing, enough to where I'll probably watch it. Like, you're missing the two, the two good shows. Like they started doing the good shows after Loki. Yeah. I, I, I love I, Loki though. Loki's my favorite. Yeah, so. I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't. Loki didn't do it for me, but like that's. I mean, I'm a weird comic book nerd. And then like Hawkeye is just Hawkeye yeah. is just a fraction comic. That's so I hear that I actually uh, want to watch because I really yeah. like Fractions Hawkeye. Yeah, um, and Loki I liked up until a particular point. Yeah. Um, it was Where they show what's behind the curtain, kind of, or really right before that. Like, there's a spoilers uh, for Loki, I guess. Um, we've already spoiled Love and Thunder too. Yeah, so. I mean, <laughs> what, I mean we re- didn't really spoil Love and Thunder was well like how it was presented, like yeah. in that movie. Okay, yeah. but Loki, there's a point throughout Loki. There's this looming issue that people who end up in this sort of extra dimensional time agency live outside the rules. But they do so under threat of the fact that they can just be erased, basically. And there's a whole, like, police force of people that just erase people. And then they no longer exist in time. And then Loki, the main character, gets erased. Except he doesn't get erased. There's actually like a pool of... When you get erased, you go to, like, a, a fun little safety net place. You, get to, you go to the erase dimension where you're actually fine. And <laughs> that kind of took me out of it. Barring the last episode, which I think is great. But yeah. up until that point, I'm like, well, what that uh, this is one of those shows with no consequence, huh? Cool. <laughs> well, actually, that's part of why I liked it because even though, like, yes, I understand removing that consequence kind of like dulls the entire thread of the whole series, but at the same time, a big reason why I like that show is because they kept expanding every time they would ask a question in any episode. They would give it with an answer that doesn't tie into something that already happened. It would give you an answer yeah, that expands to, the world. They have to write something new, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And that's like my favorite type of fiction in general, not just MCU stuff. And so mm. this is the first time in a long time where like, oh, this happened. We're going to answer this with a new thing. And then things just keep expanding, expanding, expanding until we get to what is effectively all the answers getting answered or all the questions getting answered at the end of the series. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's like my favorite type of writing. And of course, I like Loki. I like... He's not like my favorite character, but he's always like an entertaining side character to yeah. see him step up as a main character. They give him a lot of cool stuff to do, a lot of cool characters to bounce off of. Owen Wilson was surprisingly great. <laughs> so like, not even that he's bad. It's just I didn't yeah. expect him to be a highlight for me. Um, and Sylvie was great as well. You know, a lot of characters in that show were great. But um, yeah, a lot of these MCU movies are not doing that. That is yeah. kind of my problem. Mm-hmm. Or when they do do it, it's like in a weird way that I didn't quite expect. Like, like Multiverse of Madness, I'm not going to spoil things that happen, but when they start answering questions with like really crazy possibilities, you're like, oh, that's awesome. And then it all gets removed very quickly, which I think is really cool how it's removed, but it's also like, oh, so the repercussions here, there weren't really much in the way of repercussions. Yeah. So they turn into fun rides rather than like something to really think about. Right. They open this door yeah. and then they close it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I will like say, exactly. One of the things I think is very interesting it's very bold move that Marvel is doing. A lot of these, so like the biggest time we think of like the history of superhero movies, it's always been 
very low common denominator, so you never had to have read a comic to understand what's going on. However, the current Marvel, the current Marvel, uh, the current current Marvel, current Marvel Marvel uh, model model. Yes, <laughs> got it. So yes, too many M's. <laughs> yeah, current Marvel model is very comic book esque. Like, cause I have people all the time like, "Oh, do I need to watch? Like, I want to just watch Avengers. Do I need to watch all." It's like, no, you don't. Just like in the comics, they will say, "Hey, you should check out this. You go see it, and then if you want to, you branch out." It's what they do in event comics, but it also now. Like, the teases now are very overtly, did you read the comics? You should, uh. because here it is. Like, because the character, like, the character they introduced at the end of Thor Ragnarok, I was very excited for, because he is a piece of shit, and he's, <laughs> like, one of the best Marvel characters. Like, he's a great character in the Marvel You universe. mean Love and Thunder? In, in Love and Thunder, I'm sorry, yeah. It's okay, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> he's a piece of shit in the comic books, and I, I can't wait for him to be there. But just, like, uh, Doctor Strange, like the character that sees it into there. I, because I'm not up to date with Doctor Strange, did not remember this character until I looked. It was like, oh, that's who it is, right? So, like, yeah. I think that's where it is. It's, it's less of, hey, here are the recognizable characters, because we've gone past that point now. Everything that we have been building years upon of, like, hey, here are all these characters, those characters are no longer there. So, like, now you're going to start getting stuff where not just people who aren't up to date with Marvel, but people who maybe fell off, like, reading Marvel comics are going to go into a movie theater and be like, I have no idea who that is because I wasn't reading Guardians or I wasn't reading huh. Doctor Strange, you know? This makes a lot more sense because I was literally saying at the end of, uh, what was it? Uh, Multiverse of Madness. Mm. I didn't know who that character was at the end either, and I was like, "Oh, they're just announcing this actress is here." Like this is because they did the same thing with Eternals, where a character popped up at the very end of Eternals. Yeah. I'm like, "This actor's here now? What the fuck?" Um, which is like a fun, both, though, right? Like, I think, yeah, I think that's, I think it's limited so. that way because you, a, it's a character you probably don't know, but b, it's the, we've we've come to a point as far as like talent is concerned that. At this point, we have to get the holdouts, the people who weren't convinced that they can be involved in this, you know, in year in phase one or whatever, phase two, because they, they didn't believe in the strength of these for whatever reason. Yeah. Now, thanks to I don't know, just the market share, or like the checks are getting bigger, the offers are getting bigger, maybe the scripts are getting a little better too. Now, mm. actors, actors and actresses that weren't interested before are starting to get courted into this sort of MCU project, be it in the TV shows or the movies. And even and that's kind of an interesting prospect too. Like when you hear Ethan Hawke wants to be involved in an MCU, you're like, well, this is like the yeah, art movie guy. Wild. Like, that's an interesting thing to say to me. Uh, <laughs> right. Oscar Isaac is going to play. It's going to be a protagonist in an MCU TV show. That's interesting. This. Yeah. When they got Anthony Hopkins for Thor, I was like, what? <laughs> I remember that was a big <laughs> deal, and now it's like you're getting something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, Hannibal Lecter is going to be in a Thor movies. movie. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like he becomes like the. I mean, even. This is a spoiler for Thor, uh, Thor, uh, Love and Thunder. So if you want to, like a very minor spoiler, uh, miss it. Like skim like five minutes. Uh, but even the fact that Matt Damon keeps coming back to play fucking yeah. the bit role in the mm-hmm. Thor movie, and then they get Melissa McCarthy in this movie, it's just like, <laughs> man, like I, I don't like. This is for everybody to hang out at this point. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> it just it seems like, but like it also I'm okay with like people want to like. Hey, we just want to do this silly movie to make like a mil- like 
a co- like a couple million dollars. Cool. Like, yeah, do that. I don't, I don't, you, not every movie has to be, you know, this art house film. And honestly, if art house film directors keep fucking doing like skeevy shit, I don't give a shit. There's another art house movie. Like, I was very excited for, <laughs> yeah. I saw the trailer for Amsterdam. Then I had to read what the fucking director was up to. And I was like, God damn it. Yeah, there's, I saw the trailer <laughs> in Love and Thunder. I'm like, wow, this movie looks wild and then went to go look for any more information i was like well god damn it well yeah i'm not excited for this anymore like right. come on <laughs> oh but it looks so yeah. good yeah uh Get man on. yeah but, this but is listen george clooney played batman for the check and honestly yeah and honestly one of the better batman the films because they just had fun right like people didn't <laughs> like batman and robin but it's like they they were just having he didn't fun. like batman and robin he was like i don't give a fuck yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> the check cleared who cares <laughs> well honestly i think i honestly think batman and robin comes out 2017 2018 it's fine I don't no one kills. all the shit all the shit people gave it they would just be like oh it's just fun campy throwback to the 1960s but like we're, we're talking about like the 90s Already, the Burton Batmans are so dark, and then um, Schumacher did that one. I'm just trying to think who did the one before that. I think that was also Schumacher as well. Well, Schumacher did um, Forever, Forever and Batman and Robin. Right. Okay, so yeah, it was Schumacher as well. But like <clears throat> Forever, and Forever is kind of camp. It's not as camp as Batman and Robin, though. No, but, it, but it's definitely more camp than Batman Returns. Batman, right. But and even like, then, like I would argue, like they're they are different kinds of camp. One is like yeah. this is still dark, and uh, it's still there's still a morbid sense of humor here. The other one is like we just we just turn the color up, kind of, and we tell yeah. we tell worse <laughs> jokes, but it's still kind of dark. Uh, and then yeah, Batman and Robin is just like who gives a shit actually. Well, <laughs> and and that was what's weird. So I went back to start, like I started watching um, Batman the animated series, and like. I'm not sure if it's just because that show is 30 years old, but like it's a much darker show in hue, but it's still like as corny as any other. Like when you think of like the 1960s Batman stuff, mm-hmm. like, no, this shit's kind of corny. Like, when you think of any, I think, I think, um, no one's Batman's fucked up our like understanding of the timeline yeah. of Batman. Yeah. Like, media. Cause yeah. Batman was never like in on TV and in movies in on film, Batman was never like this gruff sort of Sigma male kind of, or if right. he was, that was we that wasn't Sigma presented as a good thing. That was presented right. as him being a weirdo. And the three Nolan movies kind of like twisted that, and then twisted everyone's collective like understanding of Batman as that character. And mm. unless you read the comic books where he is that a lot, if all you ever knew were the were the movies, I feel like the the Nolan verse kind of fucked up the way we look back because even though you know Keaton's Batman is also very like Sigma male he's also no one looks at him like a person that you're supposed to be like right every time the camera's on Bruce Wayne he is he appears as a fucking weirdo and yeah that's part of the point that's why it's funny and, well, that's why the, yeah. Re- the Matt Reeves movie is so good because they make Bruce Wayne a weirdo yeah, again. And, like, yeah. aggressively oh. a weirdo. Like, you don't yes. want to be Bruce Wayne <laughs> in Matt Reeves' Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's literally like, you want to go to your. Re- I don't want to do anything. <laughs> I'm disaffected. <laughs> like, damn, dude. Uh, but I will say, like, I agree with you completely. I honestly think, I think it's, I think Frank Miller's made the comic book enjoyment of everything just fucking worse. Like, it, because, like, when you think about it, like, Frank, like, 
the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight franchise is so tied inherently in what Freight Miller's stuff was with Batman Year One and uh, the Dark Knight Returns. And yeah, stuff he didn't write, but like just his fingerprints all over. Right. Like the long, the long Halloween is just a Miller story, but he didn't write it. It's, right. It's, it's it's Alan Moore. That's why there's like a you know a woman being in danger. Yeah, Alan Moore is not much better actually. Turns no, out. no. But like, but when you think of movies that came out that time, right? Like you have Wanted. That was just not Frank Miller, but it's Mark Millar who takes a lot of stuff from Frank Miller. Kick ass. Um, again, Mark Millar. Um, you look at uh, Three Hundred, which is a Frank Miller property. Like you have all this very edgy stuff, or even like Sin City, right? Like all this stuff that is so like bleak and dark and then we were just like that's what comic books are and like i think that's like i think that's kind of like a backlash for the marvel stuff like again i, I get the marvel stuff is very tropey and it's here but like i just like my movies being dumb i like the turtles when they were just like and we have a, a character who is just in bollywood it's all the bollywood like yeah no that's really fun or no way home when like the when Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland's like Peter Parker's are talking to each other and just like them trying to figure out who like wait what does this doesn't make any sense like or then when they see um yeah. Tobey Maguire it's like wait you don't have to make your web it's like I like that's fun <laughs> You're because the crazy stuff yeah yeah there's already a disconnect of we're watching a movie that in real life this could never fucking happen because it would just if you lived in the MCU. I don't see how you don't commit suicide, right? Like just because <laughs> it is literally Jesus. a nine. I'm sure, rates went up around five years. Yeah, ago. it's it's a it's a it's equivalent of a nine eleven happening monthly, like <laughs> not even yearly, because like these like there's so many big terrorist attacks that are on a global level that you have to get essentially a god to deal with stuff. Like at that point. I would be off the grid. Uh, there's no way. Like, you couldn't. There's no, like, oh, do you want to live in New York City? No. Why would you do that? Why would you want to do that? Like, so it's okay for these things to be to have levity to it because, like, then you're doing something like The Boys or you're doing something like, you know, Watchmen. And it's like, okay, but if you're just, if everything is dour and everything sucks what like enjoyment can you get out of it so if it's not great that's fine it doesn't have to be great i can look at scott lang tell like dumb paul rudd jokes and be like hell yeah like go ahead i'm, I'm for it and there's like there's a, a level of metaphor in a lot of these that shows um and i mean a lot of comic books too like the boys isn't the first comic book to investigate what if the what if the superheroes were bad actually right what if captain america or superman sucked um <laughs> but it doesn't always have to be the consequence doesn't have to be this guy's a sociopath and will and if you say hi to him in the wrong pitch he will kill your family um to be effective some other way like a lot of comic books and tv shows that are not as serious have been able to portray the consequences of power being absolute and corrupting and it being a danger. And maybe we should not centralize our hopes and dreams on one person all the time. Like the X-Men cartoon was that all like every episode. 
Like maybe maybe there's a problem when one person can read everybody's mind on the planet. Like <laughs> right. <laughs> and maybe the reaction to that isn't we should enslave the people who are like him. <laughs> Like, <laughs> right. This, this is a complicated thing that the X-Men figured out how to do in 94 without having to, you know, cover everything in shadow and show people getting their dicks blown off. Like, yeah, the, the fact that we've escalated to like graphic graphic depictions of these isn't is a reactionary sort of process that I don't think is always great. Yeah. And I think it's getting worse. Well, I think I saw someone did a really good video about like how uh, I think Gareth it's Gareth Ennis that wrote the boys. Yeah. Yes. Um, how he just fucking hates superheroes. Like, and, and you just look at his history of comics. It's like, cause like what I've, what I have, I have not seen the boys or I've read the boys. Right. I've read a little um, bit of the boys. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, and what I've heard a lot from a lot of people, the reason why I stayed away from the boys, I've heard from people I respect, they were like, like the comic, not the show. They were like, oh no, this comic fucking sucks. Uh, cause I have a very, huh. I have a very low tolerance for really bad <laughs> writing. Uh, it's why I'm like, I'm drudging through, um, why the last man, like, I feel like if I would have read that when that came out, it would have been better. But like in 20, 2022 eyes, like. It's very transphobic in parts, and it's very <sighs> like. Damn, that's disappointing. Yeah, it's very like. Oh, <laughs> mm, mm, this is. I was interested in watching that TV show they made about it. I don't know if that transfers any of that stuff. But I don't think. Well, I mean, it got canceled. Got around to it. Yeah, it got canceled. Yeah, <laughs> that. Well, that's fair because I remember there was a lot of buzz when it got announced. Did it came out like what five, six years later? And by then, all the buzz had gone, so no one watched it. Yeah, but but I don't know. I mean, it seemed like a cool idea. I mean, so, but I heard from the boys, I was just like, hey, this isn't really great. And kind of what ruined it for the, one, the comic is actually, it has to be more, it's more graphic than fucking the show can be, because it's still a TV show. Uh, But then two, I heard like, they ruined Homelander's character, like, in the comic, Homelander's character is ruined, like, spoilers for the boys comic. So, if you care about the comic, the boys, which is already deviated from the show please skip ahead but it turns out like homelander actually didn't do all the bad shit it was a twin oh, and no. i was like okay that's cool i don't never need to read this but like i think of, like those comics like uh wanted people realize like wanted is a is a comic of, is actually a comic about uh, a guy like hitmanning all these superheroes like it's a it's a super villain book, but like the movie is not a, it's like about assassins, which like kind of actually makes it better because like in the book, there's just like a shit like a creature that is just shit in the book, and I was just like, okay, man, like the I no I remember when I was done with reading the Wadi comic, it's at the end because Mark Millar uh, has like this main character who is just Eminem, like he literally is just designed to oh, look great. like Eminem. Take this album off the wall. (laughs) He literally, at the end of the thing, he's like, I'm fucking the head she leader. He's like looking directly at the panel, like, I'm fucking the head she leader, you know, at my high school. What are you doing with your fucking life? And I proceeded to close the book and I was like, I will never read another book that Mark Millar ever did. Uh, It was just, it was so shitty. It was just not great. But like that's what's funny because I guarantee Eminem was not having sex in high school. No, <laughs> true. no, guarantee it. But I mean, Mark Millar is one of those guys who's just like, I like this work. Like literally, it was he he when he had the artist do the work, he was like, here's who I here's who I would imagine would play these people in the movie. So like, 
it is uh, Halle Berry and like the the main chick who ended up played by Angelina Jolie is played by Halle huh. is is designed to look like Halle Berry in the comics, and then Eminem as the main guy. Um, one is not that would have been a hell of a movie. <laughs> look, if I would have seen that. that movie, that yeah. would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, line delivery would have been out of control. <laughs> well, what's crazy is like I said, the only time that's worked is Brian Michael Bendis, like. I want Samuel Jackson to play Nick Fury. And then it just so happens Samuel Jackson's like, I also want to play Nick Fury. Yeah. I like <laughs> it's funny you said that 20 years ago because I'm interested. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, oh, you're going to give me money? Absolutely. I'll do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shout out to the Ultimates that had like three good years and then just like, like languished until they finally killed it. I think that was like the last good Millar story. That's like the last Millar story. I was like, I'm, I'm with it. But then it also goes into like the weird tropes. Like, it's so weird. Like when we think about it, like as we're like, oh, we've progressed so far. But I, I do remember like reading these comics that are very heavy on like sexual abuse and very like derogatory towards women that are not super old. Like the Ultimates is maybe 20 years old now. The Ultimates was 2000, I think. Yeah, so it's like 22 years old now. That's not far. That's not like no. it's a long time, like relatively, but not really. And like, it's, it's far enough where you probably live through it. You, yeah. you have to pretend that like the the time where we beat women was like before we were born. No, <laughs> no, no, no. That was like the first ten years of our birth. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, yeah. there's, especially the ultimates. The ultimates is a great example of them. They were like, we're well, going to need to modernize because all these characters are 60 years old and like the kids don't get it. They're not, they don't relate. So we got to make characters that they can relate to. And what they did, it was like, all right, so how do we make this edgy? That was the answer to relate. Yeah. Uh, the Hulk doesn't turn green, but he eats people like whole. Um, uh, Magneto thinks he's a, he's a different, like he's a different breed of person. Like he thinks that humans are animals and literally bred different. Yeah. Um, literally bred. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Literally bred different. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Quicksilver and uh, Scarlet Witch oh. fuck because oh yeah. Sister and, and Actually that that was kind of maybe a little bit oh, ahead wow. of time. That was kind <laughs> of like in in this day and age, like oh, that's a little bit ahead it's of time. It's just funny, like they kinda of went they like picked a list of like fifty characters. They're like, all right, how can you make these guys fucked up? Yeah. Well, and like the thing that always stuck with me where I was just like, this is uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like the one was uncomfortable was like their depiction of of Hank and Janet Pym and like a very wild boy. Yeah. A very abusive relationship. And like, so Captain America, one, I've always loved Captain America because Captain America is not like this conservative idea of Captain America, unless you read the Ultimates, who is the very typical, back in my day, we did blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's never been Captain America. That's never been Steve Rogers. And like, so Hank Pym uh, is abusive uh, physically towards Janet Pym. And Captain America finds out, and they just have a fight in the bar, and I was just like, "Yeah, he like takes him outside in the alley, and it's like, yo, <laughs> yeah. we, need to, we need to handle this." And I was just like, "This is oh, this is a uh, way to to do this, I yeah, guess." What is, what is the message here? <laughs> yeah, I'm. It's like I said, I I think it's very it's very interesting when you look at that, just like how we've kind of changed in in comic stuff and. Honestly, like I, I really like the fact that we got here with Marvel. Like again, I get the people like, oh, I don't 
I don't like Marvel's like this big chain, but it's like it allows people to enjoy their entertainment different ways. And again, you don't have to pick up like I didn't read every comic. I didn't read I didn't start reading space stuff until the Guardians of the Galaxy movie because like I I tried to read space stuff like after Infinity Gauntlet, which fucking rules. It's one of the greatest comics of all time. And then someone was like, oh, you should read Infinity War. And I got bored as shit. I was just like, oh, y'all do this for fun? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not here for it. And then I closed it, and I just never. So I didn't know. It was That was fun, like going into Guardians of the Galaxy and not knowing the established lore for a lot of those characters, right? So I got to watch it with fresh eyes and have my idea of, oh, here's who these characters are. So then, like, when I see other depictions of them, it, it allows me to be like, oh, well, this is your interpretation of it. That's really cool. I don't have this, like, built-in, like, nostalgia or built-in, like, barriers for these characters. Honestly, I think this is one of the, one of the best things that happened to, Mar the Marvel Cin Cinematic Universe is they didn't have access to the X-Men or to Spider-Man because it allowed them to be like, hey – why don't you do something that people have no idea about? You're going to do Ant-Man, yeah, but you're not doing Hank Pym. You're doing Scott Lang. Like, you're, you're you know... Even characters that they had access to early that no one read. Like, you're going to have Iron Man. No one knows who that is, actually. Right. No one reads yeah. Iron Man. So you get to basically make up who Tony Stark is. And after Iron Man came out, Tony Stark, in the comic books, has just been Robert Downey Jr. Which, That's, honestly, look, I, they, I will take that like, over. Yep, there he is now. They, they did it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take that over. I'm drunk all the time. Tony Stark, which was his thing, was just like, I'm very Dude, drunk you now. You work in the wrestler. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, we took a, a weird diversion. Hi, welcome to the thing. That's all just in the <laughs> intro. Um, before we introduce who we are, uh, again, I'm T.L. Foster, uh, joined by Emmett, joined by Jarrett. Uh, we talk about, we just talked 30 minutes about the state of just liking stuff <laughs> and then it got to a marvel <laughs> talk but but we're not done with the state of liking stuff i think yeah I have a, there's an yeah. important question based on um hmm. some surprise news this week yeah let's let's, that, let's we can go there a thing we we didn't think we'd see is actually going to come through and be the hero of 2022 yeah we oh that's, boy and that's yeah we can, out of three yeah, let's say we can go oh, there yeah. before I go with my slander. Oh, there, and it slander. turns out that like <laughs> one of us hasn't played Bayonetta one and two, like will and, no. and like actively mm. hasn't. And I yeah. don't know. Yeah, this seems, is a therapy. This seems like a problem. I don't know yeah. if it's active, like I, I don't know. I, I mean, it seems like it'd be up my alley, right? Uh, very much. I, I love Bayonetta as a concept and as a design. I think Bayonetta rules. Um. And I have a lot of friends who are really into Camp Bayonetta. Uh, you guys, obviously, uh, my buddy Ty. I, I would be <laughs> reminisced if, if I don't say that as well. Um, I think but. I have enough time. <laughs> I think... Where's well, okay, coming? so no. I, I, I honestly think I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, also a friend of the pod, uh, Anthony Abette, um has has recently played through Bayonetta. He's been singing his phrases uh, for it. So, like, I mean, I, I, I'm i excited for y'all. I'm excited for <laughs> for my friends. I will give it a go, just like I've been giving Elden Ring a go and <laughs> haven't, haven't progressed that much. But I feel like Bayonetta might be more up my alley. Like, Are you a character definitely. or action game person? You play the Devil May Cries? 
I've played the Devil May Cry, but here's the thing with Devil May Cry's, right? In these kind of hmm. games, I will play them like super hardcore for like ten hours, and then I get bored of shit, and I'm just like, that's about as long as Bayonetta is. Okay, okay. <laughs> the second one's a little longer, hours. but like, yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like you can push like. Well, the first one's about ten hours, but it's like pretty difficult. So right. you might. By the time it's like starting to get really hard, you're probably going to be so deep in that you want to see how Hell shit yeah. wraps up and you're going to be invested. Uh, the second one, like you said, is longer, but at that point, it's a Nintendo title, so it is a lot easier. Mm. Um, you will be able to run through that thing pretty pretty quickly, pretty easily. Um, but yeah, you, everyone, like not just you. I feel like Bayonetta is one of those games that has to be seen to be believed. Yeah. Um, all these memes, all these jokes, all of our thirsting, all of us losing our mind over this game. It is justified when you play the game because it is like I, I don't think I've talked about it on the show at all, but like I am one of the biggest Bad Boys 2 fans in the world, probably at oh, this point, uh, <laughs> what a just because I'm going to connect this. Yeah, just because it's like the most absurd action movie ever. And yes, there's a lot of like weird, problematic Michael Bay. What are you doing stuff in that movie? But compared to just the spectacle of the action, the insane links they go to to just make shit blow up in cool ways. I respect the fuck out of that movie just for how insane it is. Bayonetta is that to an even more extreme. Well, I say even more extreme, way more extreme. Like bad boys. Cool. They're throwing cars in the freeway. Bayonetta. Some like world ending shit happens on a regular scale. And it is incredible. They put you in different gameplay scenarios that kind of changes up the gore, the core gameplay just a little bit to make the scale even more ridiculous and even more impressive. Um, I want, I would love to spoil stuff. One, I'll say the last thing in the game, I'm not going to like say what it is, Mm. but I mean, Jerry, you probably know the thing that you're controlling at the end of the game, like dodging things in order to get something into one section. That is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in a game. Mm. And it's one of those things where I actually saw it in a in a video essay years before I actually played Bayonetta, and then when I played the actual experience, I was like, "Oh no, this like still holds up, even though I knew this was gonna happen." See, that's, so like, that's it's was, fun. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like because I'm quit do a c- cinematic and finish something like Last of Us Part Two, and I'm not sure if we talked about it on here, but that's a game that I just nah, I, I <laughs> like uh, again. Let me start my slander early. I think Neil Druckmann's a bad writer, <laughs> and I think that game is very. Very, uh, I, I, I do, okay. I do. That's a conversation we can definitely have. I think he's, I can see that argument, but yeah. I don't know if I agree. <laughs> uh, I, I think, I think that game, I think that game goes too long. But to go back to my point, I'm very quick to get to a cinematic, right? Um, and I will like hop into a cinematic. But if you're saying like I need to experience and not watch a cinematic for Bayonetta, then I will do that. I will experience the whole thing because I will, I'll be quick to, all right play that cinematic let's go like i'll be down for that but i'll i'll play through it i have till october i have until october yeah and i think i go ahead a thing we do wrong collectively Hmm. as fans of bayonetta is that people are very bad at describing why the game is good what we usually do is just say our horny means of bayonetta herself and then we, that all is just, true. we all just talk to each other about how horny we are for Bayonetta, but not about like why anyone should play this game otherwise. So a lot of the biggest Bayonetta fans are actually really bad people to explain to you why Bayonetta is any good. <laughs> uh, which is like, like the answer to why you should play Bayonetta isn't 
like should not be if you ever if you watched Casino Royale and fell in love with Eva Green or really like Phoebe Waller Bridge <laughs> and want to play a video game about those two women, then that's 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 not the answer. That's a bad answer. Yeah. Um, a good answer is what Emmett said. There's, there's, a, there's a gameplay element, an experience that is bigger than just that expands the the concept of the character action game in a way, and and, and pretty often that you won't get anywhere else. There aren't other character action games, even outside of that sort of ancient team grasshopper like tree that created the teams that make Devil May Cry and Band. Yeah. You know, even outside that, you're not going to find games that that take advantage and, and take liberties with the concept like Bayonetta does. I will um, say, um, as a as a someone who does dabble in DMC, I I did like that they included a female Nero. Uh, that was pretty <laughs> rad. Everyone's been saying that. Yeah, I she looks just like Nero. Like I, it is kind of weird. Yeah. Not gonna lie, like it looks just like them. Uh, I was just like, okay. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I I'm I'm here for a very. I really like Devil May Cry Five. So I'm I'm here I'm here to give it a shot. So I will play through. I will I will. I will circle back. We will, I will report back. I will play through one and two uh, before October twenty eighth when three comes out. I will buy three, and I will give it a go. Hmm. I will. I will say two things real quick. Hmm. Um, number one, you can buy the original Bayonetta on anything. It's not just Switch. It's on PlayStation Four, Xbox. It's on sale on Xbox. It's on PC. I've picked it up on everything by now. So like, I know at this point because um, I'm crazy. Uh, and also. I actually was in the exact same position as you where I played Devil May Cry 5. That was my first Devil May Cry specifically. Mm. And I was like, oh, Devil May Cry 5 was great. I think I like these types of games. Let me go see. Once they announced that Bayonetta was coming this year, I said, let me see what Bayonetta is about and changed my life. I like it way more than Devil May Cry 5 for as cool as I thought that game was. The combat in Bayonetta is even more my shit mm. and like like we talked about the scale of everything and just like the very campy vibe of bayonetta even if devil may cry 5 was campy in a lot of respects this one is even campier somehow in a way that is just so like i don't know there's something about when a game knows it's over the top and leans into it to the fullest extent mm. it just makes the entire experience of it even more fun so yeah, you're gonna enjoy it. You're gonna have a blast if you're starting from that standpoint. I'm right there with you and look at me now. So yeah, yeah. so very excited about that. Uh, right, uh, it wasn't the inter- intervention we felt we had. Hey, I, I'm very <laughs> like look. We can talk you folded about quick. No, I'm not. Not that we folded quick. I, I my thing is I've learned in my advanced age in life as I uh, reach from that ed, that 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 turn of the corner of going past my mid thirties into my late thirties. Right. Um, I've learned that like you had to stop being so like standoff. It's like, I'll never try. Like, no, I mean, you should try shit. Like you should do things like think you're like, Hey, I'm not really into this. Like, you don't know, like give it a shot. So like, I'm I'm absolutely down to give it a shot. Now, like I said, the thing I will die on is that Neil Druckmann take that I had because I do think Last of Us Part Two is a really bad written. Thing. Let me let me say this: I think that there are, I think there are problems in some of his writings. I think he writes uh, people of color, especially black people, really terribly. Uh, just save him in one game. I hope in that Last of Us remake, uh, you redo that whole section with the brothers. Maybe they survive. <laughs> I I don't know, man. Like I have no idea, but. 
Um, if only. <laughs> uh, I, I think also the, I think the ending of Last of Us Part Two is one of the most hateful things that's ever been put into video games and makes no sense as a character foil. Ellie got her fucking redemption and it was just like, but what am I going to fuck up Abby again? It's like, what do you want? Like, uh, yeah, that. I think it could make sense. I think I would, I would have appreciated it more if I didn't have to play it. Yes. Yeah. We didn't spend an hour shooting up a whole place full of people who didn't know I was coming for no reason. And then just to save this woman who I need to now kill, uh, who I don't, then I just feel like that could have been an epilogue I watched, and then like just been like, yeah. hmm, I guess I'll think on this, and not that I had spent the time doing it because I understand the gameplay friction is part yeah. of the storytelling experience. The problem here is that gameplay friction fucks up my opinion of this part of the story. Yeah. So, do I? Would I like this? Would I like everything about the narrative minus me playing it? Would I like this narrative more? I think so. In the same in the same vein, where Abby and takes what's her name, and they go to that port in California to find the other fireflies uh, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But instead, you find like weird slave slavers and got to kill all those dudes. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's another thing I could have watched, or could have just been a smaller section to play through. What if and they then just would have got the same idea? What if he just would have ended the game in Washington? Like, what if you just... Yeah, the game ended three hours earlier, actually. <laughs> just ended there. I would never... Part of me would love that, but the other part of me is like, that kind of is what makes the ending so brutal. Because here's the thing. If you... If they ended it, like, not just in Washington, but if they ended it, like, at the scene on the tractor, is what I'll say for folks mm-hmm. who may not have played the game, mm-hmm. then, like, that would have been a perfect ending. But it wouldn't have felt Last of Us-y. It wouldn't have felt like, like, number one, we all, before even number two came out, we all knew that they were going to make a three. So, like, that's going to come at some point. And having more game happen after a perfect ending, after a nice ending where everyone walks away into the sunset, that, it feels like, what more story do you want? You're just going to fuck up the nice thing we had. And to cut that off (laughs) here... Rather than like, oh, it's like it's like that uh that one season of The Walking Dead, the season that I stopped watching, where everyone was gathered around and like people were gonna die, and they made you wait for like several months before the season came back because they had the a cliffhanger. Actually, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like that type of thing, but instead of having a cliffhanger, let's just get it over with right now and see how this kind thing gets of. fucked up. But I think the the way the first one ended, the that the tension in that ending makes was way more satisfying. Right. Because it ended, the story's over. You know what the thing just happened. We and it and it sort of feels fruitless in the same way the second's supposed to be, feel fruitless. But in the first one, it feels fruitless in a way that like you haven't solved anything. You've probably doomed the world to like to this forever now because you won't let this girl sacrifice herself for med- medical purposes. Uh, but he did it. He did it because he's a he's a dad now, and right. he's not gonna let his baby girl go away. And she knows that isn't going to just call him out on it because he's 11 or whatever, <laughs> but also like this, it's not okay. She understands this is way more complicated than she wants to like, she, it's not as easy as making yeah. him a bad guy for it. So they, she asks, he lies to her. She knows he's lying to her, but that's the best they can do here. And, uh, and you I can think it's still situation is going to be fucked up from then on. Yeah. And we don't really know how until the second game happens. But at least the 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 the, the arc that we went through ends. 
and then right. like there's a, there's a there's some seeds there for what happens in the future i feel like the arc that we go through in, in last of us 2 ends twice and that second ending that second arc could have been the beginning of the next game we didn't have to, we didn't have to go there really yeah. could have been a dlc in the middle could have been like what they did with the with, um, fair uh oh, the uh, left behind where they do like, oh lost legacy they yeah do, like little things in between right after that could have been a pro like, like an epilogue later like <laughs> some sort of addendum yeah it's just like, like at the end of that game like after the 20 hours you spend in that game you play two different stories twice like not linearly like you play yeah. up to a point for several hours and then you start basically from the beginning of a second person story and play that up again and then they cross like you do a lot of fucking gameplay in this thing you do a lot of like having to pull these stories concurrently and like make them make sense. And then the end and then to do it again, just feels like a waste of a lot of time. Yeah. It's very Kingdom Hearts. It's very Kingdom Hearts. People don't want to, people want to shade <laughs> no Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts. Hearts fan. People okay. want to shade Kingdom Hearts, but like, no doubt was doing some very Kingdom Hearts stuff. Like I, I, I agree. Right. Like I think one, I will preface this by saying, this is me having watched all the cinematics, but I have watched all the cinematics She's Lee's. Uh, <laughs> I don't recommend it. Like, it's just dour. And I think that's also different, right? Like, because I don't have the tactical of, like, I'm playing a game, so I am just watching this thing. And I'm like, yo, this is just depressing. <laughs> um, but I do think, like, there are logical ways to end a story. And I think in Last of Us Part Two, there are a lot of stuff that, that should have logically ended the story. It doesn't make sense. I'll give you a perfect example, right? Like, I didn't think the writing for um god of war the re the reboot the norse reboot yeah. i thought it was fine but like yeah when i'm right there with you on that when shit popped off in it it was cool as fuck like spoilers for a game that's gonna have a sequel coming out this year but when he goes to get the fucking chains of olympus he's like yeah. oh shit i gotta go like i yeah, was just talking shit in his brain like from the door like you <laughs> yeah. bitch how dare you <laughs> he was just like Go through it, or like, yeah. I'll tell you what got me because, like, I thought the game was okay until you went to Niflheim when you get sucked into the thing, like, and you see, um, uh, you see, oh, the portal, yeah, we're like, in, yeah, I, I know, what you're yeah, about. and then you leave you, the axe with the boy, right? When you pull, when you pull back in, he's like, he's like, he's like, I've only been gone for a minute, he's like, no, you were not. I was like, wait, what the <laughs> fuck, like, but like, that's like the stuff I like. And like I don't Druckman doesn't give me like Druckman gives me those summons you're like, wait, what the fuck? But then like they just keep going. And it's like, okay. Like the Abbey stuff is actually really cool. Like the showdown in the fucking compound is really cool. And then we have a whole lot of other game going on. It's just like, okay. I even think I, I don't even think I, anything I don't think I have a problem with the material, right? Like I think hmm. the story itself can make sense i just think it needs to be organized differently like yeah i i, I think ellie sort of being consumed by this thing she knows is not correct that she's actively works against and then kind of just stops working against it completely and thinks that she can handle it that she's she's doing this vengeance guy thing because at the end of the day she's doing it to keep her shit together but yeah. she she's not even watching this sort of transformer into something crazy and that she was maybe always sort of vulnerable to this because of the seed that was planted in the back of the car at the end of the first game. Like she can't trust any of these people, <laughs> but 
Mm. She, she understands the example she's been given is that you got to do what you have to do for you. And Joel is an old man who's figured out a way to process that. And he's, he's done what he's had to do for him, but he's also well, way better sort of adjusted to the situation than Ellie would be. So she's trying to do Joel's shit without Joel's mentality, without the experience. And it ended tragically for her. And I think that's fine. I just think we should have, that should have been later. <laughs> it should have been like a thing I play later, not a thing I play right now. Right. I think yeah. I was personally exhausted by the time I got there and was not ready to receive that message. I kind of, I still kind of like it. Cause here's the thing. I have a lot of, there are several games that are like that y'all have this same problem with where I'm like, I like everything here, but it's too long. Um, like Red Dead Redemption 2 is a big example, oh. even though. <laughs> yeah. That's the example. Yeah. That's a game yeah. I would it love is if the, it yeah. was like a series of games, I think. I also, but, also, have David of, but, yeah, but yeah. that game doesn't work if it's a series of games. Like it yeah. kind of has yeah, to be. Yeah. That's what I'm game. saying. Yeah. Like it has to be a long epic because part of the whole theme of the game is like slow down, figure like enjoy life while you have it. You live with these people, like you have to be lied to every time by this person who's your father figure. You have have (laughs) it has to to build up slowly over time. And I get it. And that's why rough (laughs) (laughs) which i understand as hey i did everything well i did all the missions in that game it took me 100 hours to just beat it once and that was more time than i wish i spent on that game but at the same time i appreciate it and last was part two i kind of have the same way where it's like when things happen at the beginning of that game you feel a very specific way and that motivates you for those what like six to eight hours of that first chunk and you are like on a one man or one woman mission to make this happen no matter what and i think it's cool how they play on that feeling because by the time you get done with you know the first part of that story then the second part from a different perspective by the time you're at the end of that perspective you don't want what you wanted at the beginning of the game anymore like your heart completely changes but i love how they come back to it and say remember how bad you felt remember that feeling you had earlier at the game you, sh- you sure you still want some of that? And so then they go back to that. And yes, it's like a regression for for Ellie to go back into that. But I also like how, number one, it's like kind of speaking to the player because like everyone was losing their mind when they found out about it online, like before the game even came out, yeah. all the backlash and stuff. I think it's fun to play into that and be like, oh, so you really, you really wanted this not to happen. Well, how much are you willing to fight for this? How much are you willing to get your revenge for this? Blah, 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 blah. And I think that's a cool mirror they're holding up to the player. Mm-hmm. And then also for Ellie's sake, you know, processing shit like that is going to be difficult. It is going to be messy. It's, it's going to be a back and forth. And while I think it is logical that, hey, you have everything right here, you should be good. I can tell you so many people that walk away from good things because they got to go back to something that they haven't fully processed yeah. yet. And so I feel like it's a little bit more, not that it is realistic in and of itself, but it kind of makes it feel a little bit more honest of a story because it is so messy. But yeah, I agree. If that game was like three to five hours shorter, I probably yeah. would like it. it I would also play. say, I think you speak to something there though. Yeah. Like um, mm-hmm. the idea that the game is kind of making you feel this thing. It's playing right. on the gamification of vengeance to a to a point then you stop and then you see the enemy you live as the enemy and realize the enemy isn't this faceless thing it the, the, the enemy is a, a a person who is, has become the enemy by the same similar circumstances as you and by the end of that particular piece of the story they're no longer really the enemy like both mm-hmm. narratively she's no longer the enemy but like in your experience your your sort of little narrativity with this person she's no longer the enemy so now you right. go back to Ellie who has to figure that out. And she doesn't. 
But you can't, in my opinion, you can't use this thing to, to sort of gotcha the player. And then after we all, we all have made that decision that like, all right, I see what this game is doing ex, extra narratively. And then decide that you are going to do it anyway. Like you've gotten to this point where Ellie's vengeance no longer feels good anymore. And you've gotten to a point, even in this end in this game, where Ellie's not going to take that vengeance. Yeah. But then she is. But we've all settled to the fact that she's not. So now we have to make her, even though we don't want to, <laughs> because you just spent 15, 16 hours telling us, like showing us the folly in wanting to. And then we do it anyway. For what? Yeah. Not for any decision I would make personally. If that was an optional thing, Ellie would sit her ass home with her baby and chill. So I, and I don't think make thing, a great case of making us do it. Yeah. I think the thing that, that takes me out of it is you lose the player agency. Like Jared said, like that, that the Luda, the Luda narrative of this is what sucks about revenge. It doesn't give you the option to be like, and you can sit your ass home and play your, play your guitar and still have your fingers. <laughs> or if you want, if you're just like, cause there are people who are like, nah, this like, it's on site. Yeah, at it's not all over. times, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, <forever>. like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, exactly. Like, so there's, there's like, there's those moments, but the fact that you force people into going that route, I think as a player, that's where it officially pulls you out of that thing. Cause there's no longer you learning that lesson. It's like, I'm dragging you through dealing with this trauma that this person has. And you may have a be like, no, no, no. Your partner says she's going to leave. If you don't go, you have a baby. Like, what are you doing? And then you come back and you you have a guitar and you don't have fingers. So good luck with that. <laughs> I, think, I, I think that's I, I think there's a there's a value to doing that, too. I just think mm. doing them together doesn't work for me. Right. Like if I came back to that, you know, the, the two months later, three months later, oh, here's a DLC where Ellie fucks it up. Then I'm in it because I'm already here to fuck it up. I, I think I think when you I'm here for the for the 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 meta yo isn't isn't this fucked up isn't it fucked up that you're doing this fucked up shit and I'm like oh man he's right this is fucked up and then it turns in GTA four where you're Nico Bellic just doing fucked up shit for no reason like but saying that it's fucked up at the same time like it, it, it pulls me out uh but I, I think the I think there there are always great stories there could be great stories forever about people who lose everything because they can't control themselves. God of War is a story across seven games about that. Yeah, and yeah. Then, then it's who, 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 he's the anti-Superman. He is strong enough and most powerful enough to do anything he wants, and he always does it. He always chooses. He always chooses violence. Yeah. Superman always chooses peace. Kratos always chooses violence, and it never works. It always leads to more violence. Kratos is a this Greek, is a Greek like sentient version of Black Air Force Ones. Like, right, it's, it's Air Force Ones, and a, it's Air Force Ones wave cap with the Jenko G, or with, with Dada jeans and yeah. uh, fucking baby fetch on site all the time, and it's fine because they never try to tell you, they never try to put you in a position where they try to put them, the throw the mirror, the throw this stuff that they're making you do in your face. Like, right. isn't it? Aren't you the bad guy for doing all this? crazy Kratos shit like I guess but like there's nothing in this game that allows me not to there is no walk away button so that's part of the joy like you if you if you you want to see what happens if you buy a firework you want to see what happens when right. it I need to like all these games are fireworks yeah. and like exactly. and, and, the, and the game telling me I shouldn't want to do that even though the game has given me a no option in the game to not do that seems kind of silly 
Yeah. Hell, even like I said, using that God of War thing, Bowler comes to your house and just like, yo, let's fight. He's like, nah, I'm about that. Yeah, he tries and the bowler's like, no, we fight. <laughs> and and you're like, like, okay. Bowler's just like, you pussy. His kids yeah. like, damn, he called you pussy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm really. Oh yeah, supposed to be hiding under the floor. My bad. Man, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see what they do with him, because like, oh god, who he is. I don't want to spoil that because if you haven't played that, you should play that game. Um, mm-hmm. Who he is, like, some shit's gotta pop off. Like, some shit's gotta pop off. And then where does Kratos go next? He's already taken out Norse mythology. He take. Well, I love the Greek. concept that he is the the. Ragnarok starts because of him. Yeah, that's... that like hmm. that everyone's afraid of him being here because he. Everyone's been waiting for whatever the signal is, and he might have been the signal, and no one expected that. Yeah, and which is interesting because North Norse mythology, in a direct sort of relationship with Greek mythology, in Greek mythology, Greek gods are kind of just humans with superpowers. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. all the same traits and all the same sort of pettiness that humans do like all they yeah, want to do that's why was, they all suck in the god of war games right all they want <laughs> yeah. to do is be like be rich and live forever like at whatever whatever cost they live in fear of not being powerful so they right. act irrationally where norse gods know when they're going to die they're born knowing when they die they don't remember when they were born they just know the story of when they were born they know the story yeah. when they're going to die so when ragnarok comes they kind of already know what's going to happen they just have to show up for it uh, so it's interesting to, cons- to clock into your death. <laughs> basically, they, they 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 just go to work and be the guys they are until the thing that they know that's going to happen happens. And very few of them sort of like act against this sort of fate. And the ones that do are always cast as like the weirdos. Right. Odin is like Odin and Loki basically are the two people who are like, well, I don't like this. Uh, so I'm going to work hard to make it not happen. And the concept that maybe the thing that Odin can't see because Odin doesn't know how he does. And it makes him paranoid. The thing he couldn't see was maybe Kratos is hilarious to me. <laughs> it's like, what? He just calls Zeus. He's like, yo, get your kid. Yo, what's, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> why, is, why is he here? Come get him. <laughs> get your son. <laughs> so, so where's your dad? Where are your parents? Uh, I I don't know where Kratos goes. Like, because like, here's the thing. It would be like, I guess like you would go to like more like your far eastern mythologies but then i would be afraid of doing that because man we as western audiences yeah. don't do a great job of doing that and i make i don't go want to egypt and make him black finally yeah that's all we want let him take a bath once <laughs> 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 it's all we want. Hey, Homeboy's bronze under there. We all know it. We all saw it in the cutscene. Right. Kratos, uh, we have you. You're covered with the ashes of your of your daughter and wife. Um, you want to take a bath? I'm good, actually. Sure. <laughs> you don't want to just take. I keep a them with bath. me. Sentimental value. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. I want to talk about this uh, video I saw. I put in yes. the thing. Um, as you guys know, I am not the biggest fan of Donald Glover, Childish Gambino. Donald Glover, take a bath. Yeah, please. <laughs> you know that, whatever, man. He's like, he's also Kyrie. He's also Kyrie. I've never used lotion before yeah. type deal. I, I know it. I did not hear that. That's why. What, the Kevin, the, the Kevin, not Kyrie, but Kevin Durant. Kyrie, you never heard yeah. the Kevin Durant yeah. thing? 
I've never oh, heard that. Dude, if you that ever, is obscene. If you ever look at the photo, if you look at his sock, like there's been photos like in between like his sock and his uh his socks they're like high socks and his uh gym shorts. You can it's just see, a white gap where his skin is. There's a white gap. Yeah, man. Uh, his skin moisturized. Hearing this just makes me need to her. like just no. no. Um <laughs> but yeah, no, Donald Glover, um I was watching a video by FD Signi- uh, F- FD Signifier. Mm-hmm. Great YouTuber, by yeah. the way, and um, one of my favorites. I was re- I was watching his B sides, and he brought up something that I kind of just never rocked with Donald Glover. But in that video, he brought up like a lot of great points. It's one Donald does these insult raps. Um, if Donald Glover was a white guy, and I was talking to Jared about this before we started, if Donald Glover was Little Dicky, he wouldn't get the reverence that he has right now, and they're like in the same vein. Like they do the same kind of things, but Donald Glover, because he's Donald Glover, gets a lot more reverence for all the stuff that he does when it's like really not great. Um, I also he also said like um, the what's that soul album that Glover did? Uh, oh, Awaken, uh, my Awaken My Love. Awaken My Love. He called Awaken My Love gentrified soul, which I was like, damn. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I just said that. Like, it is objectively it, hilarious. Yeah, and he was like, <laughs> but he made a point. He was like, sonically, it sounds great, and it does. And that's the thing with Donald Glover. Like, I hate talking about him because, like, people are like, "Oh, the music sounds." Because, like, no, it sounds good. But then when you actually listen to it, he's not saying anything. It is just like this is true. It, listen to California. <laughs> yeah, it is just like I, you know, I, I think like, like the like, I think he's like. Fine or whatnot. Oh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think he's a, I think he's a good writer. Like, you know, for what it is, I, um, I didn't see. Every, you just saw the photo. God, Christ, the photo. that's awful. <laughs> um, I, I think Atlanta's okay, but I think he's an okay writer. But I think he gets, I think he gets away with a lot of shit because he's a good writer, and also because as a black person, he has made such a good in space into where a white culture is so that gives him a way of like deflecting a lot of stuff but like it should be a red flag that you don't see him hanging around a lot of black women that like these are things like, that should just be red flags like with him and i don't know i just want to talk about that i know i'm very much like on a donald glover hate train i am not a fan never been a fan so like i get i could be a hater but i just you know i thought it was very interesting like somebody else saw what i saw i think it's a valuable criticism to to depending on who you are Mm. um i think it's always we do it to drake all the time yes um drake is has a persona of like a he has the R&B, like the 90s, 2000s R&B ladies man persona. Um, Eddie basically invented like sing rapping, kind of. Or reinvented it, I should say. Mm, yeah. uh, and has become like no, like known for doing it for the ladies in like a way, like he's like doubled down the LL Cool J drone. But the women up until, I want to say, his beef with um, Meek Mill... He really never hung around black women. Right. Like, you never really saw him taking black women. Yeah. True. And that isn't necessarily, like, it's not always an issue. Uh, 
in reality, no one gives a shit about you being in a interracial relationship. No right. one does. Right. No one with no one would value does. Uh, there's a there's like a weird fear that like that happens, and like I think part of that fear is because it wasn't. It, depending on your circles, it might be, but your circle is not the world, and the world doesn't care. In fact, maybe the world cares too much. The world actually commodifies it a lot, and maybe yeah. that's the actual problem that makes it feel weird. But in reality, no one cares. But if you live in a space, you operate in a space, you make a lot of money in that space, you make a lot of clout in that space, and a lot of, and you don't look like a person who gives back to that space, you have a lot of questions to ask of you. Like, yeah. you make a lot of songs that when black women sing in the club, you appropriate a sort of image that black women love, but no one ever sees you with any of them. And what exactly can we say that you do for them besides make entertainment that they buy from you? Right. If you if 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 that seems suspect, you're gonna have a bad time. I think Donald Glover has sort of largely avoided this criticism for a long time, and I think and in, in, in a lot of ways it's because he never really engaged or entered any of those spaces. Like Camp, who was Donald Glover writing music for up until because of the internet? Bro. White people probably. Yeah, like, yeah. Camp was for fifteen-year-olds. I didn't know like, black people who had heard Reddit. Camp until <laughs> maybe four or five years ago. Yeah, everybody I knew who knew Camp were white. Um, my white girlfriend introduced me to Atlanta. Now I love Atlanta. Yeah. I think Atlanta's yeah, one of the best TV true. shows on t- like on television ever. It's like Afro uh, existentialism in a way that you've never seen on TV before. That I hope becomes necessary, sort of thought in a, in a, in a fictional setting, but, and she has like a, a glorified opinion of Donald Glover that I feel like I always have to check pretty constantly. And this, this kind of sort of brought the concept to attention. Donald Glover is not writing for black women. He's no. writing for white women yeah, or white yeah. people. Like those are the people who find him That's to true. be like this sort of genius because I don't know any black women who rock with awaken my love. I've never heard a black woman listen to that song. Listen to that album. Everyone listens to um to the sing whatever the single was. I don't remember. Oh, Redbone, uh, yeah. yeah. Everyone yeah. listens to Redbone because it was on TV. It was it's a smash hit. Yeah. Nobody else doesn't say anything. No, I've seen never in anybody's cars, never anybody's splits like fucking Spotify playlist. No one's talking about any of the tracks about that song, about that goddamn album. The only people I know who love this is America or white women. Yeah. Like, or white people. Like, I mean, everyone likes it because. I was surprised that song got played on like pop stations and it's such. It's remarkable and, like, because that, it's, that video, this discussion puts in focus. The video is what people like, not the song. Yeah. But the video, but if you watch the video, every time you hear the beat, now you think about the video. Right. But he, this, Donald Glover is not popping in black spaces. And I think that's on purpose, which is why he's never been criticized necessarily for it because he's never coming here until Atlanta happened. Because now right. he's in a yeah. black space, operating in a black space about black spaces, but mostly about black men, right. which is also fine because black because there's a there's a lot of commentary to, to, that is necessary and co- conversation necessary about the, the the various multitudes of black men, um, but there are no like very strong black women in this show, just one, yeah. That, Almost like a tokenization type thing. Too. And all of her friends are like sort of a sort of several stereotypes of black women. The only time you ever see them, with the exception of in the last season where you see one who is from, you know, old 
old seasons, but she she plays a role yeah. that is important that is like not just a crazy sort of stereotype. But the first time you see them, they're all stereotypes of just black women. Yeah. They all that's go to Drake's Drake house. Episode, right? Yeah. Yep, that's the yeah. one. A uh, one gets like ferociously upset about the fact that a guy that she was had a crush on is dating a white lady, which should be exactly what you need to know about what Donald Glover's opinion might be about black women. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean but I he said it and it's like when you think about it, maybe. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's not wrong here. Yeah, I, I, I go back to that review. <laughs> so I had a friend, um, a coworker I used to work with. Um, me and her, like we used to talk about all this stuff. Like we talked about Aubrey, about his stuff, and we would talk about Donald Glover. And I, she, she was always like, "You always just like that dude's whack." I was like, "Cause I can, like, here's the thing. Like, being in these spaces, I get those vibes. I can look at somebody like, I kind of get what you're about, right?" And, like, that's kind of, like, the vibe he gave off. And she was like, I didn't agree with you until that GQ article came out where he interviewed himself. And he was doing the whole, why don't you talk to black girls? Oh, I, it's like, why, do you think I, why don't you think I talk to black girls? Well, but, I'm like, dude, you self-reported. And then, like, yeah. you have big, again, I'm stealing stuff from FD. You should definitely go watch the video. You have big, like, black girls that didn't rock with me in high school, so I just don't fuck with them energy. And it's just like, how do you live your life? Like, you're from, like, you're from the South. You're from a predominantly black area. Like, I get you went to the Ivy League, but at the same time, like, how do you take yourself away from, like, those places so that you're so foreign from the people that you should be around and you're also like several tiers away from that experience and you live in a very different place like yeah you're you're not an ivy league high school kid anymore you you are a world-renowned creator that everyone can't wait to throw themselves at your feet to get you some to get you whatever you want like you have to be perceptive to like what your influence is and you obviously are perceptive to at least like the what the the lens looks like on black creators nowadays because you write a show about it like you you aren't this dense at least in your creative ventures that aren't your rap career yeah but it's true it's it's weird that there has i don't feel like there's been a a reckoning with that Right, and I don't know. I don't know that he ever wants to. Like, yeah. I don't. I, it's probably not. But uh, at but, this point, he's not. He has no incentive to. Right. What's like? Who's calling him? No one's checking him on this. And there's no. There's nothing to check because he's he's operating in a space that's going to get him what he wants from the people that can get it from him, and that's white people. Right. When it comes down to it, you don't have to worry about being too black for these people. Yeah. Um. They all think you're a genius, which is you win then basically. Yeah. Um. And I I get it. I guess I get it from that perspective. I I don't want to. I I find. I don't want to be a person or I don't want to, to sort of resign to the idea that he's just kind of going to be like this forever or that this is even true. I, I wish there was a way to like force him to to confront or construct something about this particular criticism of him. Because I think there's a lot of people who 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 look at the who can grow away from the first half of their career that that is like super pro, like problematic and like grow into somebody else. Right. And then we kind of we grow into a person that we can Tyler actively forget. Tyler is a great example. Yeah, Tyler. Tyler the Creator now is a person yeah. that like you can 
introduced to people. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I future tire, you can't introduce anybody. No, God, no. that goblin video, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Crazy. And I love yeah. goblin. I think yeah. like, but it's it's it is something that I can't you 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 can't excuse it. Right. He doesn't excuse it. Um and he actively him and like Earl and like a lot of them actively kind of walk away from it because they they're in time and a place and they don't they don't necessarily they're not sorry for it. They they don't regret doing it, but they would never do it again and they know why. Right. Um but it, I feel like this is something that's going to chase him forever or maybe never. But I mean like I think in a, in a, in a, in the world the world he lives in now, I think it's really difficult to to not say something about yeah. it. That isn't just like a creative thing, a fictional thing. You got to pull the answer from. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. but like you said, he he occupies himself in a space where he will never be challenged, right? Like, and he was always in that space in reality. Yeah. Like even even uh, Derek Comedy was that space. He was yeah. the black guy in a white comedy troupe telling rape jokes. Like that that it's he was, and, and even his stand up is like not. It's yeah. not a black stand up. Yeah, he just happened, <laughs> that is true. He is a very black friend oriented jokes yeah I, I, uh, I, I think it was chris rock his like his like his chris rock joke like i couldn't say the end so i said ninjas and i was just like so oh that's cringy to even well, hear no, back because like that's the whole joke I saw that is, special like, too. yeah it is just like okay but you are smarter than me <laughs> like and i and i i hopefully <laughs> mean like donald glover is smarter than me i knew like when i hit 23 and rewatched that Chris Rock bit that I loved growing up and and then like having lived in the world having heard oh well you're not you're you're a black person you know it's like Chris Rock and I was like oh no this is actually not great but then you go and you make fun you make a joke about it because again that's the space that you occupy and you're you'll never challenge that and I think that's like I think that shit's weird like I I I, I agree with you Jared I think like it works well for him. I don't know if he'll ever challenge it. I, I just think like, for like the auteur that, I would say this is probably speaking to like the white audience that would be li- like white people who are listening to this. Like, like that some of that attention should be given to like someone like Issa Rae, who she does a show that I yeah. would say is very comparable to Atlanta, but actually feels more representative. <laughs> to like a black experience uh bomani jones from espn has it calls it uh called it uh black civil war <laughs> every time it came out <laughs> because like you could find somebody who that show related to but like i i think like that's a better representation or albert Abbott Abbott insecure yeah insecure is a better like okay okay insecure is a better like if you're talking about like a contemporary black show that i'd be like it, it doesn't feel like it feels like out like again i think atlanta is a good show but it's it is written for white people to look into a black experience, right? I feel like Insecure is more of like a black people black person television show. So I also think they're achieving different things. I think yeah. Insecure lives in a place in like a, a space for in the in the living single sort of market where this is just a show written by black people, produced, create like created, starring about a very specific sort of group of black people in a black community right and we're not going to pretend it's not and we want it to be as we want it to be a a ridiculous version of a grounded experience you might have you might have experienced before where i think atlanta does some of those things but also wants to then turn it into 
something bigger. It wants to be Twin Peaks of black people shit. Yeah. Um, and I think that is automatically going to appeal to a white space more because it's art now. Like as yeah. the, 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 the raunchy sitcom about black feelings is not art necessarily unless there are there's an allegory about the devil in the forest mm. or, you know, there are slaves in the there may be slaves in the ocean or, or the lake or whatever. <laughs> Like the, I, yeah. I, I, I shy away from not giving Atlanta a, I shy away from, from thinking it's being designed mm. to obscure the black experience. I think it's designed to reconfigure the black experience in a way that a lot of white experiences are configured, that we give them space to configure it. We assume that white culture can be such a thing that we already know what it is basically. So what if we turned it on its head and made it weird? Like now we're talking about other stuff. We don't do that with black experiences. Um, we do actually, uh, episodes of Martin are like transcendental. Some of those episodes yeah. of Martin are crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> are like true, like true weird, like, like Afro existential art. Uh, yeah. but it's a, it's a 30 minute TV show in the nineties. No one's really going to give it that space to yeah. live. And it's not it's not here to teach you like an after school special lesson like um, the Fresh Prince would. Yeah, Got but it. I think this is a show that's you know filmed in two thirds, big cameras on uh, a premium network uh, with high quality art very and like noticeable cinematography, very, all yeah, that stuff. Like yeah. very licensed music. Like it's 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 presented as high end art doing experimental things and i think that is what's going to pique a white audience more than uh ratchet shit that's yeah. funny <laughs> i mean <laughs> which look. and both of those things should exist together and yeah. i'm happy that we live in a place where they do i would say look we are of course uh 100 behind ratchet shit bring back freak dick it's gonna fuck yeah. happen. yes free 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 freak dick <laughs> free freak dick for uh, sure for sure yeah i don't know like i but said I, I, mean, I think the criticism of him is accurate like yeah yeah, it's just like I said, it's just a thing. I always like I I I always preface like when people are like, "Oh, did you listen to Gambit?" I'm like, "Yeah, I've listened to Donald Glover." I also think it's like really whack that you got your rap name from a Wu Tang name generator. I, I think, think it's that's also whack. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I think that shows just how much he didn't care about yeah. like the what he's known as. Like to me, yeah. he just comes off because I'm someone who has very not little experience with Donald Glover, but like I'm a recent Donald Glover. I don't even know. I call myself a fan, but like Atlanta, I started watching that. Uh, Awaken My Love is really the first album of his that I would say I like a lot. Mm. Um, like because the internet that came out, I listened to it once or twice. I was like, this is fine, and I've warmed up to it over the years. But I don't know. Donald Glover is just one of those characters where characters, people, um, where his his weirdness and just like the way that he makes music. Like I totally agree with the Awaken My Love critique of it not being like like unseasoned soul is another phrase I would use yeah. because like when you look at the words, what is he talking about? But like, it sounds really good. Um, I feel like he is a lot more better served when it comes to like an Atlanta type thing where you can have all these little metaphors and talk about these black experiences in a more weird way. That's something that I relate to. Mm. And then when I think about, Oh, why do I, why am I hitting so hard with this type of art? And then you go back into his timeline. I'm like, okay. Because, like, I, I was halfway there to Donald Glover going up. I'm not going to lie. I was halfway there to where it's, like, that whole, what was it? Black woman don't fuck you in high school? Yeah. I was halfway there. And then about middle school, that swapped. <laughs> I think a lot of people were, right? Yeah. Like, I think yeah. 
everybody has like a different sort of uh, a, a, like coming to this moment. Sometimes it's just like you live in a, a predominantly black neighborhood and you like the shit that the people around you don't. Um, for me, it was like I, I moved around a lot. So the only uh, for, and I lived in the Pine Barrens in New Jersey, which is a very white place to live, with the exception of one particular uh, low income place called Browns Mills, where all the black people live. But it's still inside the woods. So you tend to be doing lots of like like outdoorsy activities with white people, though you live this a similar experience, like just ge- like geographically, but you don't have any experience you don't share much life experience outside of being poor with them right uh so you you spend a lot of time being the only black person around and you meet some other ones and they're into completely different shit and like you guys can't relate to anything yeah um, I, I i feel like a lot of people go through this but i feel like most people get the fuck over it somehow yeah yeah um, I, I, that's the thing that's the switch yeah i was gonna say like i think i'm military brat right so i grew up in europe originally so like in class, I had, like, two black people or, you know, or three black people. So, like, I I have a lot of stuff that I just grew up in that is very, like, I grew up with that are, like, in a very white space. But then also, I didn't get that. Cause I never had that. I just never really rocked with, like, a lot of black women. Just because, like, when you're younger, like, you're in middle school, you're like, oh, girls, blah, blah, blah. Oh, um, yeah. But when I moved to Alabama, like, I moved to... Daphne, Alabama, which the school was 50% white, 50% black, and these black girls and black women, like, they had the same, like, oh, we have the same experience. Oh, we do the same things. Oh, we go to church all the time. Oh, I'm around you. Oh, you're a regular person, <laughs> right? Like, so, like, I, I think some people don't get that, right? Like, they're like, oh, well. And there's a, there's a okay. level of, like, just interacting with people that you have to realize, like, you have to get over like regardless like not everybody's yeah. gonna like the shit you're into but it doesn't mean you discard them that they, they, they can't be valuable in some other way or you can't find some something in common at all because they don't like comic books or whatever maybe maybe what happens is you don't you have to find something else to talk about yeah. maybe you just can't yeah. talk about comic books all the time uh i was i was into metal as a child pretty early and i didn't know very many black people into metal uh, I was the one defending rock to black people because rock was our music first and then white people right. stole it from us. Like I became the radical hotep as a child to many, to many people. <laughs> um, but in reality, it's like, maybe that's not what you lead with. Maybe like, yeah. we don't have to both like the same shit here in this particular microcosm for us to find something eventually. And that's like just normal exactly. people shit that I think the ashy black people don't like me people just kind of skipped like which is funny because mm-hmm. they didn't skip it they found a way to do that with white people they just never right. figured out a way to do it with black people yeah because you're not talking about your black experience with these white ladies because they don't have it and they don't know it they know it maybe from tv or know it from like some other fictionalized version of this experience but they don't know your experience actually and they maybe want to sit and listen to it but like you know who knows it the black lady you didn't talk to because you just know who storm is or whatever like right <laughs> yeah um but yeah so that was that was it i wanted to bring up you know black insult uh makes black insult music i'm not sure he's an incel but he does make insult music for like, i feel like he music. himself is not an incel yeah uh, but he, he does yeah. make insult music yes. 
like ooh, so much stuff on camp. I could that bonfire. You, you could find that in eating, horrible eating Oreos like the, the white girls that blow me. Are you fucking that, see bars that. like that? And then like the the black and yellow line from Freaks and Geeks. I'm like, come on now, what are we? <laughs> it's like I'm like I just remember when I heard it. I was like, you're gonna or what was it? The uh, Asian dude, I stole this girl. Now I got this coat. The I got the Koji, uh, Koji B. Oh, Koji B. Uh, Koji yeah, B. What the I'm sorry. Doing? I was like, what are we doing? Uh, <laughs> what are we doing? Sure, tomato, man. Tomato. <laughs> like those are literally like 2000 and like 11. Me in high school might have been like, oh, that was hard. Oh, like, the older I get, the more I'm like, yeah, exactly. But now I'm like, I'm too old for this shit, yeah. or not even too old. Just like I've developed past the point yeah, to find is, that this feeling. Is lady whack, actually. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a lot. I think there's there's also like, and rappers use all the time. I think like there's a lot of rappers you go back and you're like, I don't know about this one. But yeah, there's. And it's Once not again, even like, on the wall. Yes. <laughs> and it's not even that like it's explicit in a particular way because it, it being it, it being explicit or just like a fucking rugged bar is like not necessarily the problem. Sometimes the problem is that it points to a bigger issue, and you're like, hmm, mm. your obsession with Asian women maybe isn't okay because yeah. I feel like every song has some sort of bar about it, and I don't yeah. know. Man, so you may want to talk to somebody. <laughs> Yeah. Or talk to some different somebodies. <laughs> or you know, right. just, yeah, just talk to some different somebodies. <laughs> like, internalize that just for a second. Yeah, uh, like, and that bar can be right next to brand new wits for these niggas like slavery, and that's hilarious. Huh? Yeah. That's bars. Yeah. That's a good bar. Well, sure, that's, that's a great bar. That's the thing. It's just like, yeah, okay, I like that. That's good. And then it's but why is like, it like, between these other things? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's very strange. Uh, but hey, yeah. he'll address it all in season four of Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just thinking of that song. He was just like, uh, you're my favorite rapper now. Yeah, dude, I better be, or you could fucking kiss my ass, human centipede. Oh, yeah. Sure, what the fuck? dude. Okay, bro. Uh, <laughs> like, what? Oh, God. Uh, what, a, what a way to end this episode on a bar uh, from Donald Glover. Uh, so, yeah, uh, anything you guys would like to promote? <laughs> As we wind this on down. Uh, same thing that I always say. EJ Spun 61 is the Twitter. VGU.TV is the website. Players Club Podcast is the podcast. Uh, I'm literally about to do an episode where I just geek, up, geek, out, about, ugh, geek out about Bayonetta for a whole episode. So um, I'm going to be doing that later on. I'm very excited about that. But yeah, just look out for there. Uh, I keep talking about this Kendrick Lamar review. I'm actually planning on recording it. The Sunday before I go get my hair redid, because I'm going to be leaving town the weekend after. So I have to do it now or never. So Real yeah, quick. I'm going to make that happen sooner or later. Real quick. I want to, I want to, let, let me, let me, before we close this More out. More bars. Before we, close this out, <laughs> before we close this out. So I have officially given that thing a run. Uh, I think to the ground. I think, I think it might be my like second or third favorite Kendrick album. I think, oh. I think as like a, as a study, as a work study, I think it is very strong of like learning about like his growth, but I think I'm not sure we talked about it or I heard it from another podcast. This felt like a therapy session that I didn't need to be in. And that's the thing that like I saw that we cry together charted. Why? Who listens to that (laughs) song and like, I want to listen to this again. I was putting it on. I think I was, uh, I was working out and that whole thing. of it. I just stopped. I was like, What the fuck? Can you? Can I get out of this conversation? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, be hard though. I want to look at this. I want to be there. Like, they're having this fight while we're while I'm there. Like, 
I'm just trying to eat my food. Can y'all like? <laughs> but imagine the West Side Gun ad libs over the beat, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that movie, that the album is really fucking good. I, it's to me, it's not uh, Good Kid, Mad. Um, and I think I like yeah. Damn a little bit more, but I, I, I do think it's a really, really good album. Okay, I can accept that at the very least. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, Jared. I'm sorry. I bounced over, bounced over you guys. I I just remembered. I I did finish that though. Um, go to my Twitter, at Jared Strong. I don't know what I did recently. Actually, I do. <laughs> I um, Exo Primal preview. I saw yeah, that. I did the Exo Primal preview over at IGN. Um, if you're wondering why the video has the same like two, three and a half minute loop of a clip, it's because. In the middle of the second of three games I played, my capture card told me to fuck myself. So, ah. <laughs> uh, which is fine because I'm not sure that game is great anyway. But if you want to know more about it, go <laughs> see the preview uh, of Exo Primal I did in the closed limited tests at IGN. Uh, they're having two more, which I will probably still participate in because I'm, I'm still yeah. curious about at least part of that game. Um, and then the game it, does look interesting. I think it's interesting. Like, like, 75% of that game is interesting. But the problem is every round of that game ends yeah. not interesting. And if that's going to be how yes. it ends in time, I'm just not interested. In yeah, right there with you on that. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, TL Foster. Um, I do uh, videos and stuff. I don't know, man. Go to my Twitter. Uh, go. Everything. I will say, uh, go go to YouTube. Follow the crawl. Uh uh, my buddy Brendan yeah. Hess uh, did, does really good videos there. Uh, did a video that kind of popped off a little bit uh, in spaces that I've, I'm in about wizardry and how wizardry uh, helped define all the games you uh, you've done. So definitely go check. I that saw that out. video too. It's good. It's a really good video. And then also um, shout out to Keith Lee and uh, it's Swerve for winning the AEW Tag Team Titles, even though it's for sure. A holder title thing. Don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I might talk about that <laughs> next time because I think AEW's done a really bad job with their Black Stars. And right before I was about to write something, they gave uh, two of their Black Stars a title. But their little storyline is, do they trust each other? Which is my favorite thing about tag team wrestling. Uh, so. Also, shout out to Swerve's <laughs> theme, though. Uh, Swerve's theme? Oh, yeah. Swerve's interest theme? Oh, Swerve's fucking so good. Uh, and also shout out to FTR. That's the reason why I brought that up because FTR Briscoe's <laughs> two is happening. Shout out to FTR. They've been having a year. Those are good dudes. Remember when everybody thought the Briscoes were black? Yeah, I did because the first time I saw the Briscoes when they had their truck. Like, do you remember what their old trucks were? Where the they were just rebel flag. Trucks? They were just the rebel flags. Oh. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, In like 2012, they like. <laughs> They people there was like a thing that they, they everyone just thought they were light skin and I'm like no bro no, I know they no. I know I know they're saying words that people will say but they're not they're not black sorry <laughs> sorry to tell you they're not. also they're from Delaware they're not even from they're, the south exactly. right. wow yeah <laughs> yeah they, when you hear them like you Christ. fucking call but Jay calls his brother chicken but that dude is from Delaware as Delaware <laughs> wow, wow. the most unseasoned state name of all time. <laughs> But, uh, all right. Uh, yeah, we'll see you guys later. That was the thing. Thanks for listening. Peace.